welcome. I'm so glad you guys came. Rob and I are kind of fired up to be here today um, to talk to you guys about communication and marriage. So if you read the um, if you read the announcement, it said something about order in your garden and stuff. Um, so we had to change all that last minute. So this is not about gardening today. We're talking about communication. And a lot of the stuff we're talking about today, you guys may have already heard, but we felt like strongly like this is something we need to talk about again. Because now we're into the um, grit and grind of parenting. And this is so worth hearing again. So um, we are going to start by introducing our family. Um, do you have the little picture of our family up there? So we have been married 16 and a little bit years, which is crazy. We got married the yes. week of 9-11. Um, and literally, I just wanted to make it to our wedding day. Yes. I was like, I have to have sex before I die. <laughs> and so, um, there's a little drama for you. But anyway, so, um, so you'll be 17 years in September. I just had to break the ice. No. Um, <laughs> and so, um, anyway, thank you. Um, so anyway, here's our family. Um, we have four kiddos. Jackson is our oldest, and I put 12. It's kind of a lie. He's almost 12, but I like to round up. Um, he's a sixth grader. He is our um, real social butterfly. He, one of the words I love to use for Jackson Berry is constant and relentless. Now, you can take those words and make them negative, but I choose not to. And so um, he's also super fun, and it's really fun to see how the Lord's made him insightful with people um, and how he continues to amaze me with, like, how he can read people. Um, Bubba Berry, right next to him, has a real name, um, and people ask me all the time. I'm like, we know we didn't come out. We're like, he's a Bubba, um, although he is, but um, his name's Benjamin. But um, Bubba is our sensitive, compassionate, determined little guy. Um, so fun to watch play any sport. Like, we don't ever play these sports. He gets out there, he's on a team, and he is just so fun. We're like, where did that come from? But then really ticked off if you're yelling for him. I mean, like, it's like, you want to be like, get out! And he's like... He's like, Dad, do not cheer for me today. I mean, like, <laughs> serious. But it's like, you can't help but want to. It's like, why, why does this have to be so hard? Um, and then Caden is our little uh, youngest boy. He is six. Um, he's our love bug. Um, he just got star student, like, in January. Really fired up for him. But we don't think that that's transferring to the house in the morning. We would not have given him star student before school. Um, we were like, really? We're like, oh. You know, that's not what you're saying in the morning. And then, um, so he's in that big adjustment phase, but doing a great job. And then Becca Berry um, is, if y'all seen her, she is spunky, full of life. Obviously, she was adopted, um, and she has been just the biggest blessing. And so we're going to be talking today a little bit about the last five years of our life, and a lot of that has to do with adding a fourth, um, going through the adoption process, um, and how that has worked on us with communication. But Becca is spunky. She does this, I kid you not. Daddy, daddy. The time. Daddy. And you do this daddy. in a gallon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you put that in a galley kitchen, and you get frustrated a little bit. Um, so she's amazing and exhausting all at the same time. I'm sure that some of y'all can relate it with at least one of our children. So that's the Barry family. Um, and so I'm going to start today by just telling you a crazy, a really sweet story um, about Caden. So I'm a huge fan, as y'all could tell, like that picture of our family of Santa pictures. 
Um, Y'all are free to judge, but I love it. Love it, love it. And so, um, so we get, this is like the only time you'll see my kids in the same t-shirts. I don't do smocking, but I do, <laughs> I do crazy shirts. And so I love it. And so, um, which leads, my 12-year-old finally does not, knows that there's no Santa. My, um, I'm sorry if I'm crushing hearts right now. Um, and then my nine-year-old refuses to listen to me when I'm kind of like, he's a character. And he's like, don't tell me he's not real. You know, and I'm like, oh, great. And then my six-year-old um, totally was writing a list this Christmas about, hey, here's what I want for Christmas. Well, now you can put the list up. Sorry, Stephanie. And so the list was this. So I go to a teacher conference in December. And he goes, oh, here's some of his work. They show you, like, examples of his work. So what this says is this Christmas, I want a rifle gun, because what boy doesn't? Um, he's also the youngest of three boys. Um, and an Xbox that is clearly easy to spell and something he's heard his brother say. <laughs> and it says in a big, that's a bike. And you all be happy to know he actually got a bike. Um, and this right here, oh, that's Title Max. So y'all know Title Max is a store where you take your loan, your title to your car in to get $1,000. So Cade and Barry had bought the lie that he had heard these tunes like Title Max, Title Max, something, something, something. And the boys had been singing that. I'm like, y'all quit singing that song. <laughs> and so when he wrote his Christmas list, I mean, he was serious. I'm going to tell Santa I want Title Max. And Jackson would be like, Tell him about it. It's so adorable. And I was like. And when we're driving on Koi and we pass Title Max, he gets fired I up. mean, so excited. <laughs> so then Rob and I were in the car, and I was just like, we cannot continue to get all the way to Christmas, and he doesn't get Title Max. A, we've led him in confusion. B, totally false. So I'm like, we've got to tell him, you know. So he's in the very back of the minivan, and Rob and I just kind of. We just said, hey, what, why do you want Title Max? <laughs> And he goes, Dad, they give you $1,000. And then that would cover all of his problems, right? <laughs> okay. And so, so we, at that point, just kind of going, hey, buddy. And then, Rob, you said, hey, buddy, do you have a car? <laughs> no, Dad, I don't have a car. He goes, well, you have to have a car to go get the $1,000. And I mean, and I remember looking in that rearview mirror and seeing his sweet face going, well, you have a car. And he goes, y'all can take your car. And we were like, no, I don't think that's real wise of us to do. And you could just see the disappointment coming over him. And we're like, buddy, you have to have a car to go in there to get the $1,000. And so I, so I can't get Title Max. I'm like, no, baby, that's, that's not what that is. And I mean, y'all, and, and I'm like, I didn't think this would be so hard. But he looked out the window, and he was just like, oh. He was just so upset. Stinking title, Max. Your jingles on your commercials. Anyway, so today I start with that story simply because of the way Jackson Berry felt. I mean, not Jackson Berry. Caden Berry felt that day. Is the same, and what he did with assuming all these truths about title, Max, is like what we do a lot in communication. Like, and we get so disappointed because we put all of our eggs in these one baskets, and then all of a sudden we're like, What? That's not going to happen? What are you talking about? And so today... Um, it sounds like marriage. It is marriage. It's so marriage. And then you put, like, kids on top of that. And so something that should not be a big deal, right? That if you have a scale from 1 to 10, it, and it's a 1, but you put kids on that, a busy schedule on that, it goes to a 10 real quick. 
Um, that's what we've learned. And um, on top of all that is um, the nonverbal language. So there's communication, there's words, right? But there's also the nonverbal communication that we do. So um, part of my background, I'm a speech pathologist, but I'm not practicing right now. But since I've been in, when I was in graduate school until now, I've heard this percentage vary greatly. I've ever heard it be 70% or 90% of communication is nonverbal communication. So like if I look at Rob and he's looking at me like that, that could tell me so much, right? <laughs> or like your intonation or your body language, or just anything, that makes up so much. And so when we're not having time to communicate and communicate well, I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit, I will look at Rob and just read that, and then that's where I'm putting my eggs. That's where my title max is, right? And that's where my communication is. So today, we're like, we need to talk about this. We need to bring marriage. This is a priority in marriage. It's like, how it's going to happen, so how can we do this in a healthy way? Um, and to, we really want today, like, so if you're married, awesome. Some of you may be in here and you'll be like, hey, I am, I'm not really in a good marriage right now, or hey, I'm separated, or I may even be divorced. This message is still for you. I want you to hear that because everything we're talking about today could go for whatever relationship you're in, right? Like with um, your extended family, it could go with friends. If you're in a community group here, it could go for your kids, I mean, as you're listening today, just continue to evaluate yourself with all these patterns and like, do I do that with my kids? Um, and that's what we want you to do. I don't, we, the last thing Rob Barry and I want you to do is to walk away here and be like, my husband has so much to learn. You know, like you have got to listen to this. There's a lot you need to he know. He probably does, but. Well, it maybe does, but my, our hearts in this, and my heart specifically, is that we will, and we say it a ton here at Watermark, but it's basically draw the circle on yourself. And that means what it says. It's basically if I had chalk and I drew the circle on myself, like I've got to look at me. Because God can transform me, and, but I don't have the power to transform Rob. Okay, so the information today, everything, look at yourself. Take it through the filter of do I do that? What do I do in conflict? And so that's what we're going to take it back to a lot today. Um, James 4, 1 through 3 um, is just kind of the key verse that talks about that drawing circle on yourself. Like what causes the fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires within you? you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight, and you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend time on your pleasures. So today, we are really gonna look at that, taking that verse and being like, what are my motives? What are my expectations? What are my destructive communication patterns that is helping us not get to the core? Um, so that's what we're gonna do today. So the four areas we're looking at today um, that we're gonna be talking about um, is we're gonna help you guys uh, identify your core destructive pattern. Now, you may be like, I don't have a destructive pattern. Well, I'm taking it on a bet that we're all sinners and you may have one. Okay, so um, we're going to look at uh, destructive patterns, and yeah, it says weenie, and my kids would die laughing if they heard me say that. <laughs> oh my gosh, but weenie is an acronym for withdrawal, I feel like I'm going to fall off, sorry, escalate, uh, negative, oh, do you like that spacing there? Awesome, that's me. Negative interpretation and invalidation. So um, we're gonna walk through that. We're gonna talk about knowing the best times to talk, like, um, so that you can actually work more towards oneness instead of being further apart and getting more mad at each other. 
We're going to talk about expectations because those are fun. And we're also going to do, if y'all have heard um, people say um, speaker listener, we're going to talk, that's basically saying how do you have a conversation that's healthy. Okay. And Rob and I will model one. And we hope it's not too robotic, but it might be. I might like look at my notes, but. And the disclaimer is the last two times we've spoken in Reengage, we've gotten into a disagreement on stage. Yes. So just want to yeah. preface that with it could be wheels off. I'm not really a time Nazi, but if I'm off time, I'm going to know. I'm going to read his body language. Okay. <laughs> and the fifth area we're going to look at, I don't even know if I put it up here because I didn't. Um, it's cherish, um, how to cherish, what that means and how we can go beyond love, to like really like living life to the full and cherishing one another. Um, so we're going to start off with destructive patterns, but um, there's two things I totally did not, y'all can write this down. There's two important things, and we're going to come back at to the end, um, that I want y'all to know. Okay, if you've been through any of the pre-married stuff here at Watermark, you've heard this, but it's worth repeating. Merge or even re-engage, you've heard this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The goal of marriage is oneness, okay? So when you got married, you're an individual person, but when you came together, you're one person. You're in it together. You guys want to do life together. You want to lean on each other, all that. That's, that's what the goal of marriage is. The goal of communication, is what we're talking today, is mutual understanding, okay? So not winning, not proving your point, but I have to understand Rob, and Rob has to understand me, okay? And then from that, we find some ground to stand on, um, do you want to add anything for a good one, babe? You're, you're killing it. Oh, thanks. Uh, don't know about that. I don't that. know if my body language is communicating that, oh, but you're killing totally. it. Oh, <laughs> totally. Okay. So, um, confession. The first time that Rob and I even looked in this was at 10, Rob, we came to Watermark about 10 years ago um, when Rob came on staff, and we um, were asked to be mentors at a pre-married table. So, we're there. We're like, oh, we're totally going to help these people learn what it looks like to be a good marriage. Oh my gosh. Every week we were like, oh my, oh wow. We've been married for six, yeah, six, six years. Six years. Time. We had, I'm like, oh, that's fascinating information. <laughs> I really think our table thought we were crazy. And so. Um, well, I thought I was God's gift to marriage, <laughs> and I wasn't. And so, um, so that's where we, why we think this is so important. Um, and so, anyway. Before we dive into all these little destructive patterns, know that um, your childhood and your life previous experiences play into this, okay? So the four areas we're going to go through that I just talked about. And so um, that's where all this is coming from. And that's where you're really going to have to analyze, like, why do I withdraw? Why do I escalate? Like, is it something I saw? And so that's where all these things are coming from, and the fact that we're just sinners. Um, and then also, um, know that this is a parenting talk as much as a marriage talk. I really want y'all, when you draw that circle, be like, what am I doing with my kids? Because if we're getting these from our childhood, like, then we're passing something down too, right? So what are you passing down? And are you modeling forgiveness and how that looks? Um, and we're going to talk about what that looks like in our house too. Um, so the first we're going to start off with is withdrawal. And um, AV Tech is going to be awesome on that. <laughs> Um, but it's no big deal. Okay, so the first one is withdrawal. Um, I'm really good at this. Um, not as a brag, but this is like the one I'm like, I get this. So um, this basically is avoiding or withdrawing from a situation. There's a problem, I want to run the other way. Um, so it's unwilling to stay in, um, in an important di uh, discussion, leaving the room. You could shut the door, you could ignore, or you could fake peace. 
Fake peace means like, um, you don't wanna make anybody mad, i.e. people pleasers, because um, it takes so much time and energy. I have felt the, the need and the want to do this because I'm like, we've got so much going on, I don't have time for this right now, so I'm just gonna act like this is no big deal. Um, that's where this comes into play. Um, sometimes you can use humor when you're just like wanting withdrawal to act like it's not a big deal. It's like you're almost lying to yourself that this doesn't hurt. Um, you keep opinions to yourself um, because you want to keep the peace. Um, you suppress your feelings, um, and you use maybe a busy schedule as an out not to talk about things. This is not overlooking a small offense. That is a thing, right? Like there are things where, like we need to overlook. Um, but if you are still chewing on something, and it has been more than a couple hours, and you're like, why am I still thinking about this? Um, you, need, you need to push into it instead of pull away. Um, so Rob has a way he likes to deal with it. Yeah, so this is, this is us in our marriage. We would, I think we've done a great job the last couple years, oh, yeah. not moving away from oneness but towards each other. But we would look at each other for three days with this look of, you know what you did, and you know what you need to do to fix it. And we would just not talk. That's not healthy. It's horrible. For me personally, the way this shows up in my life is what I like to call the martyr syndrome, which is like, oh, I'll just die to self. Just another opportunity. Like if she's frustrated me, it's like, okay, Rob, just get over it, just die to self. And that over time just is not a great strategy. It's a great strategy to die to self. But if there's something in your marriage, I think what I've learned is you've gotta give your spouse an opportunity to love you. And so for us, we would withdraw for a year, you know, for, for days not on days years. and not deal with it. And for me, there were things I was, oh, just died of self over and over and over for years that I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna be the Christian here and whatever. And I remember just being frustrated about things. And finally, I would just say, Les, this drives me crazy when you do this. And she would say, I never knew that. And I'm just thinking, I've been falling on this sword for four years, and at the end of the day, I've never even given her an opportunity to love her neighbor. So one of the ways I think that has been really helpful, if you're married to someone who withdraws, is just to draw them out, or if you're the withdrawer, is just to move toward, take a step to move towards them. And the phrase that has helped me a ton in my marriage with Leslie is, um, have I frustrated you? Because I don't want to frustrate you. I want to love you. Have I frustrated you? So I think drawing them out, giving them the freedom to say yes. Or on the flip side is, Les, I know you want to love me. I know you do. But I got to tell you, this is frustrating. But I know you want to love me. So I think just those two values, believing the best and go, hey, at the end of the day, we're going to be evaluated by, did you love your neighbor? Loving God and loving your neighbor, and your first neighbor is your spouse. So I think that phrase, have I frustrated you? I don't want to frustrate you. I want to love you at work. I want to love you. I'm frustrated. That's really helped us mm -hmm. move to away from withdrawing and back towards oneness. Yes. Um, the next one we have is escalation. Okay, so um, this is simply negative responses that repeatedly lead to increased hostility and activity. And it's just yelling. Increasing the volume, the ante's up, the anger's up, everybody knows it, you know? Increased hard sarcasm. Um, 
You know, I'd always think like Proverbs 15.1, like we always teach it to our kids, like a harsh word stirs up anger, but a gentle answer turns away wrath. And I'm like, it's so true for everybody because the Bible's true for everybody. But that's what it is. I mean, we're just, if we're gonna, if we're gonna amp up, we're just stirring up anger. And so um, I am typically not an escalator and I wouldn't say you are, would you? No, I no. wanna be though. You wanna be. <laughs> But here's some, um, Rob's going to talk about some ways, like, some different things about escalation. So, my family, my family I grew up in, they're escalators. You always know where you stand with everybody, and it's very intense, which is refreshing at times. Yes. And sometimes you're like, good night. If you have people, if you're in a Watermark community group, like, we have a couple people in our group that are escalators, and sometimes you can look at me like, okay, they're kind of the crazy people. But at the end of the day, they're committed to dealing with the problem, which is incredibly valuable. They take to heart, do not let the sun go down in your anger. They're like, we're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with it now. And um, so I would say if you are that person, you just need to be aware of it. And the best way to be aware of it is for any one of these is just to ask your spouse, hey, this is what I learned in the nest. Here are four negative patterns. Which one of these do you think I am? Don't fight them on it. Which one of the, and they'll tell you, trust me, they'll tell you. So if you are an escalator, if, you're, if your spouse will say, yes, you escalate, you've just got to be, I've got to give my spouse time, because if you're, the person you're probably married to just needs time to think, needs time to process. Some guys, there's a guy in my community group that like needs two days to journal about stuff before he's ready to read, but he's committed to oneness and he's committed to communication. So I would say, You've got, to, you've got to give them space to think. They're committed to not let the sun go down on the anger as well. If you are married to an escalator, so maybe that's your husband, I think just communicating to them, hey, I, I want to resolve this. I want to fix this. And I know you do too. I believe you do. Can, can you give me some space where I can think about this? I want to make sure you're frustrated about this, right? Okay, can you give me some space and can we and just set a time can we talk about this tomorrow after we put the kids down or whenever that is? So I think requesting, can we, let's put a time slot on the calendar where we can talk about this, but I need some time right now. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is negative interpretation. So this is when you believe that the thoughts, motives, even behaviors of someone mean one thing, but they, that's just what you're thinking, right? But that's not actually true. It's like title match, right? Um, that you think it's one thing, but it's really the other. And so, um, and that can be expressed in so many ways. And so sometimes for us, what it looks like is if it's the Rob look. And I've told him like for 16 years, I'm trying to decipher it, but I can go into the crazy negative interpretation of just his blank look, which it can mean lots of different things is what I've learned. And so, um, but what I see is you're a crazy woman or, um, are you kidding me right now? Or things like that. And I've even been like, and do you think that's crazy? And he'll be like, oh no, uh-uh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was about to like go down the crazy road all day and let it ruin my day. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you, you're thinking about something and then that just, it's like, it's like um, John 10, 10. Like the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And a negative interpretation is a great way that he can do that. And that takes away the joy of life. And so, um, this is when, like, you can't, you can't read their mind. And so um, you said the one that, like, when you're coming home, when I say this one. Yes. So 
as a husband, Leslie, I think one of the ones, so my body language is the one that I misread or she misreads with me. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes I'm just frustrated. Um, Crazy's probably too strong. But... (laughs) But I think where I negative interpret it, my, my, the marriage is she'll call me like at 4.30, and I can hear through the phone, kids are like going crazy. Sounds like, it sounds crazy. Yeah. And she's like, hey, just want to check when you're coming home. Just wondering. And I, I'm just like, oh, gosh, you know, you're crazy busy. And she really just wants to know, hey, I just want to know your schedule so I can plan well for what's going on, you know, dinner and all that stuff. And my mental prep. Yes. You know, like stay in the game two more hours, girl, you know. <laughs> Help, support's on its way, yeah. you know. But I just negative interpret that and, uh, you know, it's just frustrating because like, gosh, I got to get this stuff done. So that's where I can negative interpret in our marriage. And I would say that'd be a good one to ask. I don't know if you guys call your spouses, but... Um, that might be applicable for you guys as well. Yeah. So I think, look, at the end of the day, negative interpretation, for me, for her, whether, regardless of who's doing it, we're all just so insecure. We are. And we need to just believe the best. It's so hard to do that. Love trust. Love believes all things. Trust all things from 1 Corinthians 13. And so um, I think as, as much as we can say, hey, are you okay? We've got to just ask the question. Hey, like if she's reading my body language, hey, are you frustrated right now? Hey, do you feel this way right now? And you just gotta push through that insecurity, I think. And for me, just going, Les, are you okay? Do you need me to come home right now? And for me having the courage to be like, does this mean that? Or does this mean that, you know? And then giving him the freedom to speak into it. About nine out of 10 times, it's I'm wrong. So I have like, I need to ask, I need to ask. Um, Because this is gonna make my crazy brain go somewhere. Um, okay, so the last one is invalidation. So um, this is just subtle put-downs or thoughts, um, usually someone wanting to be right. And so, um, so what, what we do here is like, um, if we think we can do something better, sometimes this happens for us in the kitchen. Like, um, oh, is this how you're going to load it? And I'm like, so this isn't right? It's just kind of... Um, invalidating the way we do things, maybe the invalidating the way we feel. Um, I was really trying to think of a good example for this, and I kept on going back to right when Rob and I were um, engaged. And so Rob um, was in another ministry at the time and um, worked with a lot of girls. And so I had just some concerns. I was like, hey, I think this girl may think there's something more there. And I was like, no, there's not. You're freaking out about this. There's nothing. I'm like, no, I think there is. And then there was all these hard conversations, and then I was crying. And so we actually met with our the guy that was walking us through um, like engagement counseling. And he, he said the most shocking thing because we were arguing about it. He's like, she is wrong. And I was like, I don't know why I think I'm so right, you know. And he was like, Rob, you have to deal with the feeling. And it like changed everything. Like Rob can't fix me, but we have to deal with the feeling instead of invalidating the feeling. And so that's been huge for us with that. Um, Now, here's the thing about kids. I hope y'all have been thinking about, like, hey, what do I do with my kids? So different things may pop up with your kids. Invalidation is something I have found that I do with my kids a lot. Um, So even this week, Mom, I'm hungry. (laughs) No, you're not. You just ate. (laughs) I say the what? Um, Mom, I'm tired and I don't feel great. I don't 
oh, no, you played. You are putting up that laundry. I saw you, you know, like. Um, uh, usually I'll be like, you had enough energy to play with your friend, didn't you? And jump on that trampoline. You can put up the clothes. And here's the thing. Some of that is true. This is that tricky line between wisdom and when to push. And then when is it really a valid feeling? And I feel like this is so hard in parenting. So I feel like we, when we do that, we just ask more questions. I get that. I push back on them. Don't push back. But I'm just like, hey, tell me why you're tired. Da, 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 da. And sometimes I'll be like, I mean, I have one that will just break. Like, okay, I'm really not. I just didn't want to do that. Okay, buddy. Thanks. Just tell me that. But we still have to get it done. Okay, mom. Um, so this is a hard one, I think. But we will find ourselves. I say you're not hungry all the time. And I'm like, they might be growing. So um, <laughs> check yourself on that. Um, another one, going back for kids, escalation. Rob and I don't escalate in marriage, but guys, I can escalate with my kids. And I did not think I was that girl. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'll be like, I mean, you know, I growl. Like, I'll be like, whoo! And it's real convicting when your three-year-old goes, goes, You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I do that. So, um. That didn't work out well for him last night, though. No, That's well, strategy. him, but I'm talking about Becca. She loves to growl. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. So, and she'll even go, I'm so frustrated. And I'm like, oh, no. Great. Um, so just ask more questions for them. Um, and, and, you know, why do you think you're tired? Why do you think you feel bad? Um, and sometimes they'll be like, oh, I sat next to so-and-so, and they threw up right next to me. I'm like, oh, okay, you do feel bad. Um, just to help decipher that. I wish I had a clear-cut answer on when to push and when to listen, and you just have to push in more. Um, All right, let's talk about, from a man's perspective, invalidation. Men will almost always lean towards this one. You've probably felt invalidated, some of you in your marriage. So I would say, out of all these, men will almost will almost always lean towards this one. In our community group, there are, um, this would probably show up with three of the guys and two of the wives. And I would say whoever the problem solver is, whoever the driver is, whoever the alpha is in that marriage, if you're a strong woman, that might be you. It is, we're thinking, what's the solution? Not, not feelings, feeling wheel, all that stuff. We're thinking, what's the solution? And so, if you are, um, if you're that, if you are the invalidator in the marriage, then I think a great, just a great phrase, just to, just, hey, that makes sense. So you're feeling that way, that makes sense. Do you, have I understood you feel this way? Great. Uh, if you're on the receiving end of invalidation and you feel like you're being invalidated, you just gotta, I think, say, hey, um, what do you think I just said right there? You've just got to bring it back to the, I'm not trying to solve the problem here. I want to make sure you understand how I feel. So once again, I think pushing towards one of those two questions will help based on what side you're on of the deal. Okay, when to conflict or not, we're going to kind of fly through this section. When do you have the conversation with your spouse? And when do you just let it slide? Here's what I would say. If you're part of Watermark, you hear this all the time, Matthew 5.23, if you think someone has a problem with you, you've got to go have the conversation. Or if someone sinned against you, you need to go have the conversation. So here, I, let me just whittle that down to, if you're frustrated, you need to go have the conversation. Oneness is just too valuable in your house. Your kids pick up on it. If you're frustrated, I would just leave it at that word and say, you need to go 
have the conversation. It's not optional as a Christ follower. Now, when you have that conversation, that is different. There's a, one of my favorite Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 14, just says, a man that loudly blesses his neighbor early in the morning will be taken as a curse. So if Jordan swim, my neighbor walks out of the house or hung at 5 a.m. and starts talking, screaming about how Rob Berry's the best neighbor in the world, that ain't gonna bless me. So when and how loudly is another adjective in that, um, that verse. So when and how you have the conversation really matters. So we're gonna talk through an acronym just called HALT, which are just four ways to know, hey, is this a good time right now to go have a conversation? It doesn't mean you don't need to have it. Is, is this timing right, or do I need to push pause till maybe tomorrow to have it? So the questions you ask yourself, HALT sim simply stands for, and um, oh, is it working or no? Okay, it's working. Um, is, is the H is, am I hungry? If you are hungry, that's not a good time to have a conversation. Is the person you need to talk to hungry? you need to make sure that that would not be a good time. Um, you need to make sure blood sugar <laughs> levels are good. Um, you ask yourself, am I angry? Am I really angry that this, I would disregard all good things that would be healthy, that would not lean us to oneness? Um, because if you're still there, you need to, you need to pause for a little bit. Not, not come back and use that as an excuse, but pause. Um, am I late somewhere? Not a good, not a good thing to be like. I'm gonna cram this in between here and here. Sunday just morning like driving to Watermark. Not, not a good time to have that conversation. Not good. Um, and am I tired? Um, if you're whipped, this isn't processing right. It's just not the best time to have a conversation. Um, if it would, if it would interfere with your ability to communicate, then you're. Um, then you need to make sure that you need to have the conversation at a better time. Now, all of this is not an excuse. I think what we wanted you to hear is like, halt is just how do we do this wisely? But it's not an excuse. Um, the rules for timeout are, um, and these aren't on there, but just honor the request. You know, it's not a timeout um, for avoiding, which I just went over, um, but just honor the request to say, hey, we need to talk about this, but this is not a good time. So if you're one of those hungry, um, angry, later tired, just be like, uh, I do want to talk about this, but this is not the best time. Um, time out or a way to spite, they're not. They're not a way. It's just, and, and it would just fuel the flame if you did it in one of these time periods. Um, and, and during your time out time, um, seek the Lord. If you're just like, I can't do this right now, let me pray about it. I need a journal, and I want to talk to you about it tomorrow morning. Great. Um, and then the last one is... Um, the one that asks for the timeout needs to be the responsible one to come back and say, this is when we're going to do it. So um, this worked, this happened to me and Rog. I mean, y'all, I mean, we've been married 16 years, and I did this the other day. I was like, I'm going to have a conversation with Rob because I feel like he needs to hear this. A sharpening conversation. <laughs> I feel like as a wife, I need to be his helper and help him grow and serve the body. So I chose a very poor time. Yes. <laughs> To have that yeah. conversation. We had our, our annual staff retreat. This is where kind of all the watermark staff gets away. And I don't know if you heard about what happened, but 50 of us came back with the plague, basically. Flu or some other kind of virus. I walked in the door. Um, it was probably an hour to two hours later. My temperature was already climbing. And I, I was starting to feel horrible. I was like, I've got to go lay down. But he, like, never feels horrible. My mom was like, oh, he's fine. He's made of steel. He won't. He can still talk. So I'm laying down, like the deep where your head's crashing into your pillow to just, anyway, 
So that's when she wanted to sharpen me. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I told my community group girls to speak. I'm going to have this conversation. I mean, y'all, I'm just, I am so the withdrawer that I'm like, I'm going to own this and I'm going to pursue this conversation. And I just did not think about this. So yes, there was a percentage, but I, I did not look at the halt. And so I bring this up to Rob and he's like, I hear you. I wanted to escalate. I hear you, but I don't feel well right now. And I'm like, oh. And I knew instantly, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Oh my goodness. Um, but I said, I, I want, here's what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. I want to have the conversation. Can we just do that later? I was like, yes. Do you want some water? Cold rag on your head? It's <laughs> horrible. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. So that was a time when we did it well, amongst probably 99 times where we have not done it great. Couple things. If you just can't get on the same page, well, well let me go back. I would just say one of the healthiest seasons we grew was 10 years ago. We both went through Celebrate Recovery, which is now Regeneration. We would sit with our book every Saturday, and I would ask her, here's how to answer these questions about my inner person, whatever. What do you think about that? Do you think I've answered fairly? And I would just remember it was so helpful for her to go yes or no. Here's what I would say about that question. Just allow your spouse wants to tell you the truth. They just need permission to speak in your life. Mm -hmm. Don't fight them on it. Just say, thank you. So I would just say for any of these, hungry, angry, tired, hey, I learned this at the nest. Which one of these do you feel like I would lean towards that discourages you in our marriage? Which pattern would I which practice? Mm -hmm. Which weenie pattern? Do you feel like I practice the most that I just need to be aware? I'm asking you for help. I would say if you are conflicting with your spouse and you can't figure it out, I would just say widen the circle. Just bring others in. If you're in a watermark community group, I remember one of our best nights, and it was the most wheels off night. The topic was bring one thing that you and your spouse are not on the same page with. And four to five couples, it was a parenting issue. And it was, it got crazy. People are crying, but it was so helpful. I think ours had to do with adoption. Because I um, always think we can do more than we can, and then I just get worn out. She counts the cost. And I was like, we should adopt a sibling set. Why isn't that a great idea? And she's like crying. No, I can barely handle three. And our, <laughs> our community group was like, Rob, absolutely not. But I was convinced in my own mind, we need a sibling set. And they were like, all eight of them were like, that is not a good idea, Rob. <laughs> and so I would and I say. I was like, you hear my prayers? <laughs> <laughs> it was so helpful. And I would just say, it, the oneness is too precious to, to just continue to divide. Just, hey, help us. We can't see what mm -hmm. we can't see. Help us. Use them. They're your provision. If you're walking with people, use them. Ask those questions. Um, but be prepared for the truth and um, accept that. So we're going to give you guys some time. I don't even know if the table time questions are popping up. We're having a little bit of AV problem over there. Um, so these are the questions. We're going to give y'all... Um, I don't know, five to seven minutes. Um, I know that's not long. Just to kind of talk about yourself, answer these questions, and we'll come back to talk about expectations, speaker, listener, and then cherishing one another. All right, we're going to keep on moving. Um, we're going to walk through expectations, and y'all get to hear us talk through a conflict that we've had. Um, and then we're going to talk about cherishing one another. And um, so we'll get started with expectations, okay? Expectations, they are just, expectations are simply just the beliefs, the way we think things should be or go. They may be even be like the way people should act or the way like um, my husband should do this, okay? So I have an expectation that it should look like that. Um, 
Guys, it is so important to set our expectations right because um, it's such a need. Because if, if we can't, this is another area where I'm going to quote John 10.10, 10, the enemy wants to seek, kill, and destroy. And we, he wants to take that full life away. And so this is an area he's like, oh, you, like in our minds, we may think life should look like this. He should respond like this. And if we have our hearts and all of our eggs in that basket, we will be crushed. And so this part we're talking about, like, how do we align those expectations so that we're just not literally faltering when they don't happen? Um, so where do they come from? So a lot of them come from just the way we're raised. Again, what was ingrained in you? Like, what did you grow up around? What did your parents teach you? What did you experience in life? Um, like, I, in my family, we experienced lots of celebration and birthday parties. Rob's did not. Um, that's just one thing. Um, so it's just all those lifestyle differences. Um, cultures, music, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, I should be buying that game with my kid and having an awesome time. You know, or, um, I mean, that stuff will really take you down that, that, that scary deep road of comparison if you're not watching it. Um, also, past relationships. You know, you may be evaluating like, hey, this guy treated me like this. And you don't, you know, um, and I liked it better that way. Um, so we're going to, all of the way we form our expectations come from those things. So th- some problems we have, I mean, oh, oh, wow, expectations. So here are the three key problems that we can have. Um, we can just be unaware of our expectations um, because they're so in who we are. Um, we can also, they can also be unreasonable. Like, they just kind of don't, um, they can't happen. Like, we're, we're shooting for, like, the stars, and it's like the stars just aren't going to be happening right now. It's not, it's not the, the place that the Lord has you. Um, or they can just be unspoken. Like, you may have all these, this is me. Like, I may have all these expectations in my head, but I'm not telling Rob. Um, so, so how do we manage that? Well, this is really hard, y'all, but we have to be aware. <laughs> So basically, it's just the flip of what we're, the problems. So how we manage it is we're just aware of what we expect. So my favorite story of this is like Stacey Parker's story. It's just, it just hit this right on. So um, she found herself, um, um, when her and Jeff would go places, and they took two different cars, Jeff would go around her and get in front. And that would frustrate her. She felt the emotions rising. Like, why would he get in front of me? You know, and she had all these like, and then she said that that would happen. And she'd be like, why am I feeling this way? So she was completely underwear, like, why am I feeling this way? And then as she processed it and really kind of dug into her feelings and talking to Jeff about it, she's like, oh my goodness. Like when she was growing up laying before cell phones and her mom and dad would take different cars, her mom would drive and her dad would drive behind. And so Stacy, when she was a little girl, just asked her, why are you behind mom all the time when we're driving? And he's like, oh, if she breaks down, I want to be there, make sure she's there, pull over, help her out. Um, really chivalrous. Is that the word? What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> what a dad. Um, and so it took her a while to get there. At first, she didn't realize it. So, I mean, it's a real thing. Like, we've got to process ourselves all the time. And sometimes you don't know till it hits you in the face, right? Give yourself that grace. Be like, I'm frustrated and I really have no clue why. Okay? That just takes processing, seeking the Lord, and just thinking, like, what, I've got to learn myself. Why is this stirring something in me? Um, be reasonable with what you expect. Um, 
like birthday parties. Like it is not practical for Rob to throw me big birthday parties every year. I mean, it would be the awesomest thing in the world. But um, we're just not at a place where that is reasonable. Um, and I can't expect that with four kids and just kind of where we are in life. You should expect oh. that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, and so, um, and the next one, just be open, you know? So being unspoken is a problem, but if we're open with each other, um, we get to, it, it, it just like, I, this is the hardest one. Like, I think Rob should know what I need, but I'm not telling him what I need. And so, um, a couple years ago, um, I think one of my friends went up to, she works um, here sometimes with Rob, and she goes, hey, what are you going to do? Was it Mother's Day? Yeah, I don't know. I was depressed about something. I was like, I'm trying to, you know, set my expectations low because I'm feeling like it's just not going to go well for Mother's Day. I don't know what, I, honestly, I didn't even know what I expected. Um, and so she just approached him on her own, and she goes, hey, what are you going to do for Leslie? And he's like, oh, I thought this or this. And she's like, no, no. <laughs> she doesn't want those things, Rob. And so um, what I did that day, before I even knew that she did that, is that I realized he didn't know what I wanted. And it wasn't that I was mad at him. I realized, like, I'm not the same girl I was 16 years ago. I mean, we just change. I want different things. And so I sat down in the kitchen during nap time, and I wrote on a post-it note all the things that would bless me. Like, hey, this, this would make breathe life into me again. Um, and I, I came, Rob came yes. home, and I just was like, hey, if you're confused, the, these are the things that I like. Which was incredibly helpful. I was like, really? <laughs> Did not know you loved those things. So I literally carry this in my wallet. Still, you can barely read it because it was in pencil. But this I is want you to so it on your heart. helpful <laughs> to me to go... This is what she loves, because I haven't done great with gifts. Gift card to Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out, fuzzies. <laughs> For kids and I to go to In-N-Out. Um, Hobby Lobby gift card, flowers. Anyway, just things that would bless me. Oh, 5, 2015. So, oh, haircut, haircut highlights, highlights, Petty, Manny, with my community group, Target. Oh, anyway, so. Oh, I had a list. <laughs> here's what I would say. Your husbands are not going to figure it out. They, we need help. Let me speak in the, the we. We need help. Help us. Just these are the things I love. I mean, he, this has been great. Um, and I think the last thing, managing such expectations, be willing to listen to the Lord. He's going to help you align all that. Like, okay, am I being, am I considering Leslie Berry's interests above, above all else? Because that's not who God wants me to be. That's not who Rob wants me to be. And so just align yourself. Be willing to take all this to the Lord. Like, okay, am I, am I out? outside of the normal bounds. Um, and he'll help you work through that. Um, Can I talk about a couple uh, things yes, going on in our house right now? Yes. Here's some expectations we're talking about right now in our house. I, an expectation of Leslie's is that our, right when you walk in our house, you've been over there, our dining room to our left is kind of the first room you see. And so when I get home, I just like to sling my backpack in there, sling my jacket, over a chair, and so one of her expectations is, hey, I really value this room being clean because it's the first thing people see, and it would really bless me if you put your jacket here in this closet, just 10 feet away, and if you five. put your backpack five feet, and if you put your <laughs> backpack, you can totally put your backpack in there, we put it right here. I bought just a bench on. for his backpack. Yes, and I go, okay, 
you know, I know what makes her feel loved. I want to love my neighbor. That's what I can do. When I got married, I had no idea girls shed so much hair. <laughs> and it's crazy. And so, I'm like not a big shedder. I mean. Okay. So. <laughs> so Maybe I need to take that to the Lord. So just but. an expectation that we, you know, we're just kind of alive in Hollywood right now is when you, I don't know, I guess all women do this, but when they shower, she like, you know, washes her hair and puts things up on the wall. And every year I'm like, why is my drain backed up? And they got to do all that. And so I was like, would you just, it would really help me if you could just take some toilet paper and just wipe it off and throw it away. Well, I wanted to take the water that was coming from the thing and just shower it down. Like, oh, it's clean now. Like, it is clean, but the drain's clogging. So, <laughs> so that's one. And then also, like, Leslie loves clean countertops in our kitchen. She didn't really care about the sink, but she loves clean countertops. And so back to our bedroom where our um, bath countertop is, shed hair everywhere. And so just, hey, help me. I, I know you care about clean countertops. I do care. How can this look so defiled <laughs> when that looks? So anyway, those are the conversations we're having because they're like, hey, I, I, I know you want to love me, right? I know you don't want to, and I, I want to love you. I don't want to just sling my backpack in there because that doesn't make you feel loved. So those are some live ones right now in the, in the Barry house. All right, let's talk about, and remember, this all comes down to love your neighbors yourself. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping that one command. So I want to do that. I want to move my backpack because it loves Leslie. Okay, speaker-listener technique. It's really awkward, but it's highly effective. If I've ever jumped in your community group, fun, and there's <laughs> conflict going on, we have to just stop people and go, hey, hold on, hold on, before you respond, what did they just say? And they're just like, uh... You know, because they were just ready to solve the problem. And so it's very mechanical, but it helps. The goal of communication, remember, is understanding. It's the number one driver of divorce. Because if you can't communicate, you can't communicate about sex and money and parenting. You've got to learn how to communicate. Um, and it's also the number one driver if you have a healthy marriage. So um, Proverbs 18.2 just says, A fool finds no delight in understanding, but only in airing his own opinion. So a fool does not seek understanding. So someone who's wise does. So at the end of the day, speaker-listener is, can I, if my wife just said something, can I articulate that back, whether it's verbatim or the essence of what she said? So we're going to practice anything else you want to say. And now, the goal is just mutual understanding, but you can't control mutual understanding. I can't control whether or not she understands me. All I can control, back in the circle, all I control is, can I articulate back what she said. So we're going to talk about an issue that has caused friction mm -hmm. in yeah. our marriage, and we've been talking about it. It's Saturdays, y'all. They're so busy. Saturdays. Um, okay. Kiss so, of death. <laughs> okay, keep in mind we have four kids. They do activities, and then there's birthday parties, and then there's sometimes church things, so there's lots going on. Um, so... Um, and again, like speaker listeners, like I'm going to speak and his whole goal is to listen and say back what he thought he heard me say until we get it right, until we get the mutual understanding. Okay, so I feel like I can't plan activities on Saturdays um, without asking you, and it feels like I have to ask for permission from my dad. Um, I feel this way because of your facial expressions and your body language. Okay, so 
you feel like, Saturday specifically, you feel like you've got to ask, you've got to get permission from me in order to schedule anything, and that there's something in my body language that makes me feel like your dad, Mark. That makes me feel like you're my dad. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. I come across like I'm your dad and you need yes. permission. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Also, I hate leaving the house with the feeling that I've disappointed you. So, I'm, so from your facial expression, I feel like I've disappointed you, which then makes the event I'm going to just not enjoyable. Okay. So specifically, I hear you saying like my body language, my facial expressions, my nonverbals. Yes. Make, um, make you, it feels like you're, I, you've disappointed me. Mm-hmm. And, and you leave the house or whatever event you're going to, you can't even enjoy because you're just like, I'm just disappointed, Rob. Yes. Is that fair? I mean, in crass terms, it's like you peed on my cupcake. Okay. Um, okay. you saying you like cupcakes. <laughs> I, I do like cupcakes. Chocolate with white icing. Okay. Okay. Chocolate with ice. Okay. Okay, yes. <laughs> Um, yes, I just want to connect with friends, um, and sometimes there's events on Saturdays like showers or get-togethers, um, because I'm at home all week with the kids, and I just would love to connect on a different level than a baby level or a kid level, and so that's why it's a high value for me. Okay. What I hear you saying is Becca needs Mother's Day out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So what I hear you saying is um, basically the entire week you feel like you were having mom-kid conversations, and you value, what you value is just talk, hanging, communicating with adults, and that puts wind in your sails. Yes. So why are you upset, like, with all that? Well, I think I, I mean, I obviously want you to enjoy relationships. I mean, you're an extrovert. Um, I want you to enjoy your friends. I don't want you to feel like you're just slowly dying during the week because you're just having kid conversation. I think for me, um, I just, I feel like I've been at work all week. I feel like I'm in a lot of intense conversations with, with a lot of people. And for me, just Saturdays is where I just decompress. I can just not have to have crazy conversations and just be home with you. Like there's something about just what puts wind in my sails is just when you're like in the house with me. We don't even have to be talking about we're just present in the same house. Okay, so what I hear you say is that you have a, when you have, a, since you have a high relational job, you get worn out with dealing with all those things all week. <clears throat> you want Saturday to be a day of rest and being with the family and I'm part of that. Yes. Just to be present with you. Yes. So you're not mad specifically with me going to certain places? No, not at all. No, I like, I want you to be with your friends. I love you being with your friends. I think you get energized with your, with your friends. So I want you to do that. I just want you to um, just, I value our time together. So um, will you forgive me for my nonverbals that just communicate I'm angry, upset, I don't, I don't want to be your dad, I don't want to be your husband, and so will you forgive me for my body language? Yes, I do. You know what you do. Will you forgive me for not just considering you 
at all on Saturday, but just um, wanting to do things to fill my cup and not considering you in that equation and making you a priority. Will you yes. forgive me for that? Yes. Okay. But um, but scene. Like, great. Glad that didn't get wheels off. <laughs> and tomorrow's Saturday. We can Yay! practice again. Yay! all day. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to talk about that? Asking for forgiveness. Oh, or you mean wrap that up? Yeah. Let me well, I think just asking for forgiveness. We we what you what happens in marriages a lot, or just relationships, or you use phrases like "I'm sorry," or "I need to ask for forgiveness," or "I'm I want to apologize." And so my response to that, I was like, "Okay, we'll do it." You know, if you want to apologize, do it. If you want to ask for forgiveness, do it. And so I think the most helpful phrase you can learn in your marriage is the phrase, "Will you forgive me for?" and then fill in the blank with whatever you've done to hurt or offend. Which is what we want to teach our kids, right? So if we're not modeling it, they're really not going to pick up on us that much. Um, we make our kids do this a lot. I'm always like, name your offense, you know, because we're like, I'm sorry, we forgive me. And I'm like, no, we need to go back to, what are you sorry for, you know? And that's been, that just makes me feel loved. That the way that Rob asked that really makes me feel loved. Um, and, and here's the deal, like if I would, we would have not done that awkward, okay, I hear you say this, I hear you say this, I could have walked away thinking that Rob doesn't want me to go hang out with certain people or certain groups of people, which that's not, that wasn't it. He's okay if I go to certain places. It was the amount of time I'm either gone or that I'm not placing a value on him <coughs> on that day. And Rob would have easily thought I loved, you know, being busy and overcommitted and not understanding that I do need some time just to break away. So um, the truth was the amount of time gone. It wasn't, um, and, and the truth is that Rob just wants to be with me. Um, and then I, I also want to just have some breaks in there. So I don't think we, we, that we gained mutual understanding, but we could have, if we didn't go that way, gone other trails that were just not true. Jim and talk. Okay, so we're, this last section is communicating about what makes you feel cherished. It's kind of like Leslie writing down, here are the things I love. What makes you feel cherished? There's a verse um, in Romans 12, 10 that just says, outdo one another in love. So just think about how do you practice that in your uh, marriage? There, you know, we all take the vow to love and to cherish. So I would just say this is one wing of how you love your spouse. I'm just going to read this. Cherishing means to go out of your way to notice someone, appreciate someone, honor someone, hold something dear. Um, through this, we empower them to be who God created them to be. Also, by cherishing someone, we become more of who God wants us to be in, in creating a more connected marriage. So I would just say we are learning how to do this 16 years and change into marriage. We had a hard, like Monday was hard for us. You know, I left the house for work. Leslie's crying because of this conversation right here. Because we were talking about this part of the talk, and I just had to look at her and say, I don't feel cherished right now. And I'm like, good, we'll take it out of the talk. I'm like, no, I think. Sure. <laughs> I did. No, you did. I you did. You kind of went did. to the crazy place. <laughs> but, but the goal of, remember the goal is like, hey, I've got I've to let her, this is on communication. This is not a talk on cherishing your spouse. It's a talk on communicating. It's just going, this is what makes me feel loved. And I just go, hey, I think some of the examples you wrote down feel like kind of eight weeks ago and back. They don't feel current. And so it was just a good, it was hard 
But I think it's just like, hey, it's always hard to move back towards oneness, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So Monday wasn't fun. Y'all just need to know that. Like leaving your house with your spouse crying is just not fun. Um, but it's like, okay, we either need to deal with reality or we just need to act like it's peace fake. And that's just not good. That's not mm -hmm. good for the health of marriage. We can't do that in front of y'all. That's horrible. Um, so. Yes, yeah, so we decided to put it back in, but be very honest that, like, there are seasons, like, I have just not been doing this well the past two months. I feel like since January started, it's been, like, crazy, and I have not prioritized Rob, so therefore, if I'm not prioritizing Rob, I'm definitely not cherishing him. Um, so we, we've talked about this this week. Um, I started reading this book by Gary Thomas. Thomas? Yeah, I don't know. Um, called Cherish, and that's where I got the idea. <laughs> and so I was like, we need to talk about this, and that blew up. Um, and so then we really talked about what makes me feel cherished? What takes that extra mile? What makes it feel like I, I am it for Rob? And how can I make him feel like he is, he is it for me? Um, so for me, it's knowing Rob's schedule. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, I don't want to go from eight to five without having some sort of text, Vox, we like Voxing, um, throughout the day, or calling, hey, how's it going? And literally, they last like 30 seconds, um, just to check in. Um, so that, that helps me know, and I like to know, like, who'd you go to lunch with today? That I just, I, I'm a people person, and I like to know who he's connecting with. It makes me feel like I'm a part of his day. Um, for Rob, I mean, I've asked him, he's very simple, like, but it is just that physical connection that is the most. So I've got to prioritize for me in our relationship sex. And y'all have heard me probably say this before, like a couple years ago, I really was convicted about how I'm not prioritizing that. Um, and I, it was during the campaign time, and so I made the Kingdom Living campaign. And in order for me to live for the Lord, I need to have sex with my husband. I mean, I'm just trying to rally myself up. And so your kingdom living campaign may be something totally different. It may just be like, hey. It's probably not, but, but it's. <laughs> and, and you know, guys, this is not a sex talk. Like, I know that everybody comes from lots of different backgrounds, okay? But for, I'm keeping this just for us, this was a big deal. Um, and just being physically pr present. Rob doesn't need a ton. He just wants me there. And so that, that is what makes him feel cherished, that I am, I am not filling my schedule and waiting for him to get home so, oh, I can go take care of my stuff. Um, and so, um, Rob, here's what, what did you put? Here's what. Oh, for me? Oh, uh, no, that's for me. <laughs> Sorry. Here's what I love. We don't even know our own outline. Um, for me, like what makes me feel loved besides knowing Rob's schedule is just also words of affirmation. He makes the best Valentine's cards for me. It's sweet. Um, and then um, it would also makes me feel cherished when Rob actually plans a date, a birthday party. Um, <laughs> literally, I think at this stage in life, anything I don't have to plan, it just feels good. It makes me feel important. Um, one thing we've started doing, just to even get on the same page, is um, when he gets home, I mean, the kids just attack him, and it feels crazy, but we want to sit on the couch for like 10 minutes. Now, we always get interrupted and just connect, share at least one story from the day. Um, we end up laughing, or we'll look at each other and be like, oh, my goodness. We're like, get, get out of here. Get out. Well, don't like, make me get off the And sofa. they'll be like, y'all don't love us. Y'all, all y'all do is the marriage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> these, like, insults are so harsh. 
We're like, no, we're actually trying to be married. We're like, we're doing this for you. No, you're not. You're a liar. Anyway, so then we just laugh. But we're trying to spend some time together and make, hey, I see you. I see what you're going through, um, and I care. Um, and I'm trying to put that in the, what we talked about, the expectations. It's something that, that that's what we can do right now. Um, yeah, I think it's back to the list, though. What, you know, giving your spouse permission to go, hey, what makes you feel cherished? You know, and this is what makes me feel cherished. So, like, one of those things is sitting on the sofa, we've got this, like, big sofa where we can sit like this, and I can, like, touch it with my foot like this. I feel so connected and cherished when I can just sit looking at each other. Even if we're not doing anything, I love that. So, you know, but she's got to know that in order for us to, like, go, okay, let's go sit on the sofa and, like, face each other and all that stuff. So, <laughs> I, I think just communication is the key and just going, how do you always start with, you know, I'm going to stay in my circle. How can I make you feel cherished? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we put some, we're going to have these for table time questions too, but these are the things that we thought of. Like, you could ask your spouse, um, I feel cherished when my spouse does this. You might want to fill them in on that, right? Because again, you may not know. Um, and then how do you feel cherished from your husband? So um, these are just great conversation um, things to kind of ease into that. Um, guys, that's it. I mean, that's a lot, but that's it. Um, we have talked about so much today. We've talked about the destructive patterns. We've talked about the best time to talk, the halt, um, setting our expectations, and then this, this aspect of just cherishing one another. Um, a lot of this is not new. We did, we did not go, like, find new information. We took information that, hey, this was such a big deal for us. It has moved mountains for us. We wanted to just repackage it and show it to you guys because we can never stop learning this stuff. That's why I'm like, why are we not talking about this all the time? You know, um, we don't need to just hear it before we get married. We need to talk about it when we're married, with kids, in the thick of it. Um, and you don't, you, and I think giving yourself grace, if you practice this, it becomes a skill. It doesn't become awkward. Um, and Sometimes you can, it does, but sure, you're better at practicing this. But then you don't care about it being awkward because you know what it produces. It produces that mutual understanding. And because the goal of marriage is oneness, you want that. And then you want that understanding for communication. Um, you know, Romans 12 is one of my favorite passages. Um, but it talks about in 12 too, just like um, we, uh, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so these tools or skills, everything we've talked to today, helps you renew your mind in that way that that gives truth, which is what the Lord wants you to hear and not believe lies. Um, we've been married 16 years, like I said, but um, three and a half years ago, whenever this campus started, we had just a lot of life change. Um, Rob um, left the Dallas campus and came over here. And then um, we also, within two months of starting this campus, had got Becca. Um, and so, you know, when you do adoption, you don't ever plan where it's going to happen, but that's when the Lord planned for it to happen. And so, um, so we went from three to four, um, and anybody who's been through a job transition knows that that can be difficult. Um, in the same year, um, and then also just the, the dynamics of adoption were on top of that. Um, and it was just a hard year. It was um, so many blessings, but just a hard year. And so Rob started dealing with his the hardness of just a new job and new responsibilities in his way. And I started kind of going down this um, path. I went back to all my old ways. And guys, here's the deal. I was, I, I was in the same community group I am now. 
I was reading my Bible. I was doing all the things that, oh, this will help you. And they do, <laughs> but I wasn't practicing them. I wasn't living them out. Um, I started believing, I, my mind went to crazy places. Like I started thinking Rob probably wishes he married another woman. Um, I mean, literally, I thought, he probably wants me, it's <laughs> so ridiculous when you think about it now, when you say it out loud, like, um, probably a girl that enjoys working out, um, or a girl that, I don't know why, but it does expel, spell, excel, I can't even say it, excel spreadsheets, because I don't, like, <laughs> I thought he liked that, y'all, I'm not joking, I went to the crazy place, um, I don't even know, oh, here it is, I'm like, what lies did I believe, because they're so kooky, um, a better house manager, someone who cooked like Whole30 meals and enjoyed it. Um, and I was negatively interpreting things he would say. And even if we were talking about like, oh, so-and-so, so so-and-so today, da-da-da-da, and my mom was like, oh, you wish I did that like her. The problem was I was keeping it inside. I was like harboring these things um, to the point where like I was just drowning. And you know with kids, I was using all the excuses. This is no big deal. I should get over this. I should... Mm, you know, like move through this. Um, we were about to widen the circle major. We had already widened it a little bit until we really just had a breakthrough and um, sat down. And I just, I, I was so hard to be brave. And that's so weird. And I think that's what people don't talk about when they talk about communication. Just like, just say it. Because I felt so foolish to be like, I feel like you want to be with her. Um, and when I said it, I'm like, that's ridiculous. I know that that's me because I know he loves me. Um, and it was sweet. Um, our whole, one of our goals in marriage is to get Rob to cry, and he bawled. Um, Not going to do it. <laughs> and so it was um, well, just, think, yeah. you, you got to, you, had, you were so hurt that I would think those things um, and got to just reassure me. And we quickly got back on to using the right communication skills. Um, and that's another reason why I'm like, this is so important to go over. Um, because we all need help in reminding, like, this can be well. Um, because we're, we're told in John 16, 33, like, in this world, we're going to have trouble. Just because we've done this once doesn't mean we need to tuck it away and not remember it anymore. Um, it's kind of, to me, it's like um, reminding yourself of the gospel, you know, like, Oh, I know about Jesus came, saved, you know, died for me so I could be with God forever, died for my sins. No, like we need to listen to that over and over until we get it. We cannot be reminded enough. Um, And that's why we were like, we've got to talk about this again because these tools help you get truth and clarity. Um, Did you want to add something? I I just like, you know, so you were feeling that way, but it took you to just go, I'm feeling this way. I think back to communication and just... Once you were courageous to share that, I was like, okay, now that I know what reality is, you know, it's eye-opening to me to just go, hey, part of why she's feeling that way is because I haven't been encouraging her with how crazy awesome she is and specifically all the things she means to me, does for us as a family. And so it was just a real, I mean, it was, it was a really hard day. It was really hard. I mean, I don't think I've cried that much. It's been a while. It was wonderful. Well, or maybe the peak. But <laughs> I was like, you had me head hello. I was like, okay, done. We're good. Yeah. And, but, I, and I think I gained understanding, though, because you really communicated me the hard time you were having on your own starting this new job. Yeah. Um, and so it just opened our... We, we're like, why did we not talk about this, like, six months ago? 
Um, and so that's why these things can get prolonged. Um, so simply this, guys. The goal of communication is mutual understanding. And the goal of marriage is oneness. We, for your kids, for yourself, it is hard. You've got to be brave and courageous, but God will not leave you. You know, um, I loved it when Adam Tarno reminded that old nest talk. He did it kind of, I don't know, on stage a couple weeks, like when God says, you know, I will never leave you. Like when you feel alone, like, no, he, he's for you. He wants you to be one with your husband and he's not going to leave you. So move toward each other in that. 